Hello, I'm Mike Fisher, theater writer, critic, and dramaturg. I'm Jenna Poffgray, founder and artistic director of Forward Theater Company, and this is Theater Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theater from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 78 of Theater Forward. And in this episode, we are going to be talking more about our Wisconsin Rights New Play Festival and the ways in which it has evolved over the years. And so for this conversation, we are joined by Karen Miller, Forward's Artistic Associate, who has honestly been the key person behind all of our new work logistics for many years. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. It's (laughs) great to be here. Thanks for asking me. I thought I would just start with a little bit of a synopsis of how um, Forward uh, became involved with this Wisconsin Rights Program and and, um, how we got to where we are, because really what we want to talk about is what the choices we've made have been over the years as we've endeavored to improve this program so that it better uh, supports our company, better supports the artists who are selected to participate in it, and frankly, better supports the artists who just submit for it. So Wisconsin Rights was started uh, before Forward existed. It was a program of the Department of Continuing Studies at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, and when that uh, program was uh, getting going, uh, they partnered with uh, a couple of professional companies, the Madison Repertory Theater here in Madison, which does not exist anymore, um, Milwaukee Chamber Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, Etc. to do uh, subsequent readings of the plays that were picked for the festival. And when, when the festival was happening at the UW, it was a full week residency for the selected writers. They would stay at this gorgeous um, historic home called Eden Fred, which is no longer an artist's uh, retreat and residency, but it was uh, for a while. Um, and there was a sort of real, uh, really robust experience for the selected playwrights. And the program, it was it was for writers who are based in Wisconsin um, and for full length unproduced plays to come and have uh, a rehearsal process with professional actors, directors, dramaturgs, stage managers, develop that material further, culminate in a public reading. So um, when Forward started and the Madison Repertory Theater was no longer here, um, Wisconsin Rights uh, sort of came to us at Forward and said, hey, would you be interested in producing that sort of secondary reading of one of the scripts in this year's festival? Um, and it was happening every other year. And we said, absolutely, because we've been looking for a way to, to do more support of new work and especially of Wisconsin playwrights. For those who don't know, like our mission statement is about supporting Wisconsin theater professionals. And even in our early days, we felt like we were able to do a lot to support actors and directors and designers and and crew, but to support playwrights is, is also an important part of being a professional home for Wisconsin professional theater artists. So um, this was a great way for us to do that. And we did that uh, along with producing workshops of some other plays that we were interested in uh, over our first several seasons. And then, and Karen, you could probably jump in on what year it was, um, but there was a point at which the university said, uh, we think we're not going to continue this program. 2014. 2014. Ooh, that was a long time ago now. Okay. Um, and so we, at that point, uh, committed to taking the program over and making it an, an official new play festival sort of fully under our umbrella. Um, we do still partner with Milwaukee Chamber Theater, uh, who does secondary readings of one of the plays. Um, 
each time. Uh, but ever since we took it over, uh, we, we've had to think deeply about uh, the structure of, of how we solicit scripts, how we review them, what the process is for artists that submit, um, how we choose the finalists, and then what sort of resources we provide uh, to the, the, the selected playwrights. Um, and and those, each of those aspects has evolved over time. So I thought maybe we would kind of break it down a little bit and start uh, start at the very beginning of the process for submitting playwrights. And Karen, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what the conditions for submitting in terms of requirements and fees and all of that were when we began, because that was an inherited model from the university. Um, and maybe describe that a little bit. Sure. Well, when we began, you know, um, and it's always been a festival aimed at Wisconsin playwrights, um, ideally residents of Wisconsin. But I think it was a little more loosely interpreted when we when it first began. And originally there was a, a submission fee um, for writers who submitted their scripts and um, the requirements were a little bit different. Um, I think it was a little bit stricter as far as, you know, length and, and subject matter and things like that. Um, but, you know, we've, we realized that uh, we could be a little bit looser because what we really want to do is support the playwrights. Um, it's not necessarily about programming, you know, three different plays, three plays that have this specific length or specific stuff. It's about supporting new works and new playwrights and Wisconsin playwrights. And, um, you know, they always were read by, you know, readers. We've bumped up and I think really enriched the way that they get read and judged along the way, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, as well. But um, so that's sort of the program that we inherited. Yeah. And I, it was, I know that because we've talked about this often, <laughs> Karen, you and I and the rest of the forward staff, you know, when we inherited this program, one of the things that was really, uh, I thought, special about Wisconsin rights, the way it was run by the university is that, yes, there was a submission fee and it was $30, mm -hmm. but everybody who submitted was guaranteed written feedback from multiple professional theater readers. And the university would sort of coordinate a, a huge pool of um, of folks uh, who were reading these scripts and providing written feedback and all of the money and then some that was submitted for the writer's fees was going straight to pay those readers for their time. Absolutely. And so, yeah, when we took the program over, we certainly didn't have the money because this was a huge expansion of what we were doing in terms of new work. So we didn't have the money to pay three readers for every script and we get dozens and dozens of, of scripts submitted. Um, so we just kept the fee that had been there from the beginning, but really out of, out of the gate, we felt a little squeamish and we, and we got some pushback from playwrights saying, Hey, you shouldn't be charging us to submit. And, and we've been really, um, that's a persuasive argument and, and one that, you know, we agree with in principle. And so, um, that's been one of our big changes over the several festivals there every other year since 2014. You know, first thing we did is we said, look, we put language on there, said if this is a hardship, if the fee is a hardship, let us know and we'll waive it um, so that we could uh, not incur the full expense of paying for all of those readers, um, but 
at least, um, you know, offer that lifeline. And there'd always be a few people that would take us up on it. Um, and in the meantime, we were also trying to up what we were paying those readers because they were, they were getting 10 bucks to read a full length script and provide re- written feedback on it. So, um, but then in the last uh, couple of cycles, we've completely removed any submission fee and we've bumped up what we pay to the readers um, and the just last, build that in. Yeah, the last, the last, well, this is the third festival in a row that we've increased the um, stipend that the readers get. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still, I mean, I think we still want to um, probably bump it up at least one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing I will say about the readers, you know, we we use people who are all across the state, a lot of whom are in an academic setting, a lot of whom are uh, playwriting or writing instructors, um, professional uh, directors, uh, actors, and other playwrights. And the feedback that they provide is really pretty incredible. Um, there was one play actually this year that was submitted and it was an historical play. And, uh, you know, I get the um, very fun task of assigning the plays to the readers and sort of putting that whole huge puzzle together. And there was a reader that I knew was sort of in the stable who um, really specialized in historical plays. So I sent uh, this script. I assigned it to him as one of the plays he read. He wrote five pages of mm. feedback and, you know, really delving into the historical aspects, it turned out that this was a particular historical figure he knew a lot about. And so he was able to correct some things, ask follow up questions, provide and the playwright who, you know, that play was not chosen for the festival. But that playwright wrote back to me after receiving the feedback and just said, this is the most incredible, invaluable feedback so much more than I ever could have hoped for. Please, please give my thanks to the reader. And and I've actually received that feedback from a number of playwrights just saying, I'm so grateful. You know, even if I didn't get into the festival, I'm grateful for the quality and the depth of the feedback that I've gotten. And the fact that now we provide that without even charging a submission fee, it just makes me really proud and really happy. We talk a little bit and then this will wind up teeing up um, Mike for some of the ways that he's been involved in this um, festival. Karen, can you just describe under our current structure sort of how we go from here's all of the plays that have been submitted to getting to our finalists? Like, sure. you know, sort of how does that get set out and, and, and what are the steps in that process? So, you know, we still have maintained that every play is read by three different readers. Um, So, you know, we put out a call for submission, usually, I think, at the end of the summer, if it's Wisconsin Rights Year, and then the deadline for submission is usually the end of October. And we 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 tell people this is coming up in June. So they've got a long window which to start either start a play or to start revising a play that they've already got in the works and then submit it. Um, Once they are all in during the course of submissions, I start soliciting readership. And there are some folks who have been reading plays for Wisconsin Rights since it began in 2007 um, and who have a long history with it. And others, you know, are new each year. One thing that I always make sure is that, you know, there aren't any conflicts. So we'll ask the playwrights when they submit, you know, has this been read before? Has it gotten a public reading? We won't do any plays that have gotten actual productions, but some might have gotten, you know, they had some friends together to read it, or they might have sent it to someone in the theater community to read it. I always get that list when they apply so that when I started signing it to readers, no one's seeing it where they'll immediately know who the playwright is or that they've read it before. So all of those submissions come in. 
I start figuring out who's going to read what. If it's, say, a playwright from Milwaukee, I try to make sure that there's a couple of non-Milwaukee readers on it, just in case it's someone they know. I want to make sure that they get, you know, insights because Madison readers, Madison writers, they tend to have a certain flavor. I feel like Milwaukee ones do. So you get someone from northern Wisconsin or someone from Spring Green or whatever, Mineral Point. And then each of the readers provides, they, they score it on a list of 15 things ranging from plot development to character development to, you know, does this add something to the world? Um, is it easy to follow? Um, even all the way to grammar, you know, or spelling. Um, and then they also give it, you know, do they recommend it highly? So in other words, is this thing, is this play ready to go? Do they recommend it? We'd love to see this in the festival, but it needs some work or it's not quite ready. It needs more work. So we get that feedback, um, the numerical score, the score of whether or not it's recommended or not. And then all of those things go into the magical Excel spreadsheet. They get averaged, they get considered. And usually from there, we come up with, gosh, how many we usually have about 15, 15 to 20. And, about- and to be clear, playwrights names are not uh, oh yeah, no one sorry. knows the playwrights' names for this whole yeah. part of the process. I should have said yeah. that immediately. I'm 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 the only one who knows who the playwrights are, and I am not one of the readers because of that. Um, yeah. So it's it's all absolutely anonymous. And I also do always ask the readers if you start to read a play and you think you recognize it, please let me know. And a couple of times I have had someone go, actually, I know who wrote this, and then I'm like, great, I'll assign it to somebody else. So it's entirely anonymous. There's no way to know who who wrote it. Um, so once we get through the first round of readers, then we usually have about 15 or 16 plays. They then go to a second round of readers, and that's usually anywhere from three to five readers. And it usually gets read by two to three more people. Um, from there, we usually get it down to about five scripts that we then start really fine, you know, drilling down. And then we pick our three or two or four, however many we pick that year. We're always guaranteed to pick at least two. Yeah. 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 I, uh, it, and it's really only when we get down to that final five or six that have really risen to the top. That's the only po- part point at which we go, okay, who wrote these? Right. Because under those circumstances, things like, have we produced your work before in Wisconsin rights might be a factor or, Absolutely. you know, you know, look, making, looking to make sure that we're really, um, spotlighting and supporting writers from different regions of the state, you know, mm-hmm. different backgrounds. Um, but it's really only amongst that top sort of final tier that we got to through what you so beautifully call the art math of the Excel <laughs> spreadsheet um, that we, that we do that. And, and I, you know, I know that I usually am reading all of the 15 or 16 finalists um, in that second round. And it's always uh I'm always so impressed at the folks who work as our first round readers, the amount of time and effort that they put into that. Oh my goodness. We could, we couldn't do it without those readers. And yeah. they, I, I never failed every single Wisconsin rights. I never failed to be impressed by how much time and consideration they put in and how much good and specific feedback that they will give to playwrights. Um, it's, and again, the fact that whether you're in the festival or not, you get that feedback. It's just so incredibly useful and a rare opportunity. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of playwrights, you might have a group of friends read it, but 
Yeah, usually friends aren't going to be completely honest when they're giving you feedback about your play. But these readers are, but they're also incredibly constructive and supportive because everyone that reads this is they work in theater. And so they know, they know that, that it takes a lot of courage to put a script out there and to send it in. And so we respect that courage so much. Yeah, well, Mike, you've been a reader. You talk, talk about it. Well, I was just going to say in response to what Karen said, what I love about this process is, uh, uh, is, is, is the way in which it is systematizing or institutionalizing, um, the, you know, making sure that somebody beyond your group of friends reads these plays. You know, we're so far behind. Um, the literary world, where you have had institutionalized guilds and um, colonies and structures allowing for this kind of reading and for readings of poetry or, or short fiction forever. Um, and it's really only for those who are diehards, it's only really, in, to me, maybe in the, in the last quarter century and, during, and, and at an accelerating rate during that time, that play readings have become a thing where you can regularly count on a good audience to come hear this. And it's because people are hungry for this new work and people, and that's why we're getting this great feedback. People want to help their, their colleagues in this profession and to provide a venue for that. And God bless this particular, yes, sure, I'm biased, but this particular, you know, festival for, you know, deliberately, you know, Jen, as you said, you know, if there's a play, we, a playwright we have produced before, we're more likely not to pick that person um, in, in the final, in the final bit, we're more likely all else being equal to try and seek out the person who has not been produced by us before. So we are lifting up those voices and there are so many good ones, you know, like Jen, you know, I read that entire group of 15 or 16 um, that's moving toward the final round. And I'm blown away every time by just the quality of what we're getting. And, and, and it's just, it's like, un, it's unwrapping presents, you know, um, at, you know, at, at holiday time to be able to just see these things. You have no idea what you're going to get. I don't love them all, but I love something in just about every single one. Um, and, to, and to think that um, I'm in a position or that we're in a position to maybe at least give feedback, whether the playwrights decide to take it or not is up to, is up to them. But to be able to be in a position to offer that feels like such a privilege um, and, and, and goes to the heart of what we were talking about a couple of podcasts back with. We need to be encouraging people in this new work. We are losing companies in Milwaukee, which I can speak to better than than Madison, that privileged and focused on new work. Alchemist Theater um, gone. Cooperative Performance Milwaukee is, is just about to close forever after nine seasons. Uh, Quasimondo not doing as much work as they used to. Um, you know, so for, for the companies that are in a better, more um, better position to support this kind of work, like Forward, like Milwaukee Chamber, like Milwaukee Rep, so important. And you see in the audience for all three of those companies in particular, in terms of how many people come out, people want to be part of this. It's exciting to be part of something new, right? So this is this gives them a chance to do it and gives me a chance as a reader to do it. And very different from other festivals I read for, um, because we're really trying to promote those unknown um, voices. And that makes it even more visceral and closer to the roots of what it's, what it is to be involved in this business. I think, sorry, long answer, but this is no, just such it's an all good. Thing. I love your enthusiasm. I mean, that just <laughs> makes me happy. Well, so one of the other things that we've really tried to work on improving, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that when the university first started this program, it came with a week long residency um, for those writers. Now, when we took the program over, 
as I said, I mean, that would, that in and of itself was a massive expansion of the resources that we were putting into new play development in terms of um, lots more readings, lots more, um, you know, uh, actors to hire, directors, stage managers, dramaturgs, meeting space to do it in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when we began doing it here, we were working on sort of like an 11 hour staged reading rehearsal uh, plan which was enough time for the playwright to kind of come to a couple rehearsals, hear how the, the piece was um, sounding, maybe give a little bit of feedback uh, to the, um, for, you know, get a little bit of feedback from their dramaturg and director and um, actors, maybe make a few changes, but then, you know, 11 hours goes real fast, especially when that includes the time for the reading itself, um, which would be very straightforward staged reading, minimalistic um, tech. Uh, and for years, um, whenever um, someone would say to me, hey, what, you know, what would you like to see forward, you know, expanding or doing differently or growing over the next few years? I know that at the sort of top of my list has been doing more to support new work. And so uh, last summer, um, our fabulous Julie Swenson, our managing director, asked me that question again. And I was like, oh, I wish we could expand Wisconsin rights. And at that point, she and I just let, let's just do it. So we're, we're now doing it on a 29 hour rehearsal staged reading code. Um, and a code's the wrong word, but just agreement with the union, uh, nearly tripling the amount of time that that the uh, playwrights have in the room with the actors, with the director. We've got um, full time dramaturgs on site. Um, and really hoping to see um, how this goes this year, you know, if it really allows the playwrights to do uh, a lot more rewrites during the week, to really have a lot more opportunity to fine tune their scripts. I'm also hoping it will bring the writers more into community with each other um, because it's a very lonely art form being a playwright sometimes and to be able to be around all these other playwrights um, during that week. You know, all four of these will be rehearsing in sort of staggered uh, days um, over the week leading up to our, our four night festival. So um, so that's been a really big change. Uh, you know, uh, uh, honestly, we will see if that's a sustainable change in the future. Um, part of the reason we felt we could take it on this year is because there has been um, some government support uh, related to the pandemic. And so the idea of being able to put that directly into hiring more people for more hours uh, felt like a really, um, a really good mission driven use of some of that funding. We'll see where things are in a couple of years if we can continue um, to make that work. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what it feels like to to do this festival in a in a manner that's um, significantly more uh, in depth than we have done so far. Yeah, can we talk a little bit about the? You know, we've talked a lot about the process. Can we talk a little bit about the um, the actual plays that we're going to be doing? We so, sure so, can. It's pretty exciting to me. <laughs> it is. Well, and just to clarify, so in with Wisconsin Rights, what we have have said from the time we took it over is that it's a three night festival. Um, people can submit and that from submissions, we've, we have said all along, we will pick two or three scripts because we always wanted to reserve one slot if there was a play we were working on with a Wisconsin writer. So, um, so for example, this year, we actually have a writer in residence, Quan Berry, who wrote The Metalenian Debate, the show we ran earlier this season. And part of her residency with us this year is that we are going to be developing another of her new plays as part of Wisconsin Rights. Um, so we'll talk about that play in a moment. But 
uh, you, you know, you've heard us referring to the fact that this is a four play festival. Um, and that's because we basically have a bonus reading at the end. We have two two plays that were um, selected from the submission process. We have um, Amy Kwan Berry's play that's part of her residency. And then we will be doing um, the first uh, staged reading workshop of Artemisia, which is the play we have commissioned as our world premiere Wisconsin script for next season. That piece also needs a development process. And so it felt really um, a no brainer to kind of fold that in. And Jen, to this process. Who, who is that play by? Lauren Gunderson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so right off the bat, we've got Lauren Gunderson and Amy Kwan Berry here for this week, which is super fantastic. Um, uh, Amy's play is called Lifers. Uh, and it's sort of futuristic office. I don't even know what else to say about it. Except I, that it's yeah, it's amazing. you can't say too much without giving it away. But it sort of involves a mysterious high tech company and people who aren't quite sure what they're actually working on. And it sort of unfolds over the course of the play. Yeah. But but let's let's describe the the other two plays, the ones who did go through this full um, selection process. Karen, you want to do the first one? Sure. Um, well, the festival um, starts on a Wednesday night, May 18th, and that one begins with the play Viragos, a play with found text. And that's by Catherine E. Norman, who's a playwright from right here in Madison. And um, it's a play about it's it's a historical play and it's about Mary Ward, who had a school. And how do you describe it? Um, it's a group of young English women. And they are basically rehearsing a play at the Institute, which was Mary Ward's School for Girls that was founded in France. And this was in the 1600s. And they're sort of exploring the boundaries of art, of science, of love, of politics. And, you know, this is all underneath sort of the shadow of an institution that you know, isn't maybe thrilled with young women exploring some of those ideas. And a lot of the text is taken from actual letters of the time um, that still exist to this day that give us insight into Mary Ward's work. It's, it's really fascinating. It's being directed by Jess Lanius. Um, and it has seven fabulous local actors, six young women um, and another young woman. I'll say Liz is young. Um, and uh, it's just a really... Um, it's a fascinating play. And don't let the historical part, you know, make you think it's boring because it is not. It is just it's it's meaty and it's alive and it's fun. Yeah, so it's the history is, I mean, think sort of, you know, obviously it's sui generis. It's its own thing. But think Lauren Gunderson's The Revolutionist meets Carol Churchill's A Light Shining in Buckinghamshire. And you get some idea of the way in which history is being played with. I like that really, really fun, um, fun piece. And then I think that to have the festival bookended by this and yet another awesome Lauren Gunderson homage to another kick ass woman um, who not, didn't get her props in her time. I mean, they will reverberate with each other. It's lovely to have them framing and enveloping the festival in their protective arms. Those two shows. So, oh, that's lovely. That's yeah. a lovely way of putting it. I agree. Indeed. Mike, would you like to talk about the second piece in our festival, which is Civil Union by Amy Hansen, who's based uh, another in Racine? One where, yeah, another one where it's so hard to talk about it without 
without giving too much away, but think of it as I'll, I'll, I'll use another couple of analogies. Think of it as um, Nick Payne's Constellations meets uh, Harold Pinter's Betrayal, um, set, it, set around a wedding. Um, and the, the tensions that exist in any, I'm giving nothing away with this. Every wedding is full of stress, right? For the people who are going through it and not just for the people who are being married, but for the people who are their parents. And, you know, and so maybe I could add, maybe I can triangulate those two playwrights with Steve Martin in one of his movies, right? So you get all <laughs> that going on together, but some really great, what I loved about this one, some of the dialogue is so rich and so it just rings true in terms of the way in which the stressors that are existing in a person's life um, come out and also beautifully sort of spooled, spooled out. So you sort of see it just gradually, you're, you're being fed the, as the audience, you're being fed a little bit at a time as you're trying to unravel this mystery uh, behind the mystery of this day uh, of, of, of a civil union. I've said absolutely nothing about specifics, I hope, but that, that gives you a sense of what you're in for. It's really fun. That is terrific. And, and yeah, and that one will be directed by Dana Pelabon, who is a, a brilliant local artist here in Madison. Um, uh, Amy Conberry's play, Lifers, is going to be directed by Mary McDonald Care, well known to Milwaukee theater fans as well as forward fans. Um, and then, of course, we'll have uh, Lauren Gunderson's Artemisia uh, in the final night of the festival, and I'll be um, workshopping that one with her, um, working with wonderful dramaturgs, working with uh, you know artists from all over uh, Southern Wisconsin. Um, it's it's always a really uh, fun uh, event for us, but it, it's going to be quite quite different this year because we've got four shows they're all being rehearsed in the same place um and with this expansion of ours um to let us really go deep um before we kind of start winding up i thought we should also just talk briefly about the other part of this that's evolved you know we've talked about how we've tried to grow um how we support the people who submit um how we're trying to grow um by supporting more hours of of work for to support the playwrights but then of course the other thing is then the feedback process for the people who are in the festival, um, you know, it, it being forward, you know, it'll surprise no one. We have a talk back after each reading, um, but working with the playwrights um, to make sure that the feedback they get from, from that audience that attends, and these are people who love new play development, um, is helpful to them, is constructive and useful. Um, Kara, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the ways we started to, um, to work on that? Sure. Well, well, one of the things, and I think we only just started this maybe with the last live Wisconsin rights, because of course the most recent Wisconsin rights was virtual, mm -hmm. um, is that we've asked each of the playwrights, you know, what are say two or three things in particular that you want audience feedback on? Is there, let's say a character that you're not sure if they're landing the way that you want to is, is the ending tying up ends in the way that you want them to be tied up. And so we get that from each of the playwrights and then we print those out onto, you know, pieces of paper and we put those on the seats in the theater before the house opens so that when you come in to the theater and you take your seat for one of these plays, I urge you to pick up that piece of paper and, and read what things the playwright is really interested in finding out from you as a member of the audience. Did this land, did this work? Was this clear? And then when it comes time for the talk back, you can actually let the playwright know. I mean, they, you, as an audience member at Wisconsin Rights, you are also sort of working. <laughs> you're not just watching, you're working because, you know, they, the playwright is really going to be counting on you to let them know 
how is this play working? You know, did did it did it say what they hoped it said? Did you hear what they wanted to say? And so that's one of the ways that we do it. And and I know that that the last time we did that, it the talkbacks were incredible, and the playwrights were just over the moon with with getting. They got exactly what they needed to hear to go forward with that. And then they're sort of getting a collective um, uh, response. It's not just asking one person because you might get very different answers from all the people in the audience on a particular Correct. question. But, you know, if you've got 30, 50, 70 people all answering a question, you'll probably start to get a sense of a general right. um, way that your play is being perceived. And then right. you can then... And- and if you can think about it as an audience member, if you can think about those things as you're watching the play, I think that's so much more helpful than at talkback time, the playwright says, well, what about this character? And then you have to sort of rewind it this way. You can be sort of mulling that over as you watch. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a ton about talkbacks uh, in previous episodes of this podcast. And, and the talkbacks for Wisconsin rights are such a different animal than the ones we do after um, you know a regular production, because those ones after a regular production are really about kind of serving the audience and what do you want to know and what can, you know, how can we help you see behind the scenes of how we put this all together? Um, but a talk back after a new play reading is really specifically about how do we support the playwright in the development process of this play? And so making sure that we do provide a little bit more structure to that talk back experience so that it is focused on the things that the playwright will find useful because it can be easy for um, feedback to be tossed out that maybe isn't what the playwright is looking to work on. And, um, and they're allowed to to choose what they want to work on because it's their piece of art. Absolutely. Um, So uh, yeah. So we, I feel like we've been, you know, really learning from our experiences and, and trying to evolve that part of the process. Yeah. I think the talk, the talk back at, Wisconsin rights is a little different because oftentimes more questions are asked of the audience by the playwright than vice versa, which is kind of fun. I mean, totally their piece of art. That is 100 percent correct. And yet, and this is what I love about theater, you know, every piece of art that you see on a stage anywhere is the product of a collaboration between a lot of people. And for those of you listening who are never going to get a chance in life to be a New York producer, which is like 99.99999% of you, this is your chance to be a genuine collaborator in the creation of a piece of art made in and for Wisconsin. I mean, I it doesn't get more exciting than that. And that goes to the heart of what theater is. It's like you're in the room during a rehearsal process, participating in building this beautiful thing. I mean, my God, who wouldn't want to take advantage of that kind of opportunity? Seriously. Well, that is definitely going to be our final note for this conversation, <laughs> because that is that is spot on, Mike Fisher. So I'm going to say that that is all for this episode of Theater Forward, a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest and America. Thank you all so much for joining us. And thank you, Karen, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm Jenna Poff Gray. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden, to whom I, on this Zoom call, am sending my thanks right now for making all of this happen. Um, Courtesy of Scott, you can follow us or share your thoughts on Facebook and Twitter at Theater Forward. As always, theater is spelled E-R. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Be sure to leave a review or comment. We love hearing from you. And we're just so grateful to have you listening. We'll be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation. 